Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Saying congratulations on this album. It is an absolutely amazing album. So congratulations. Thank you. Happy to hear that. <laughs> Now, your last album, I said in my review, was one of the best albums I had ever heard. I know a lot of other people feel the same way. Did you feel pressure going into this album because the last album was such a fantastic album? Well, not really, because we were lucky, because we didn't think about it. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know what we were doing, actually, because... uh, we were shipped home from Russia in uh, March 2020. I mean, the rest of Europe had, uh, and most of the world had, was in lockdown, but Russia wasn't. So we kept touring while while everyone else was locking, doing a lockdown. And then uh, we sort of went home and we didn't know what to do with ourselves. So we, well, being musicians, we started writing music. And then after a while, we felt like, oh, there are so many stories we didn't tell on the Great War that we wanted to tell already from the outset, and because, but then it didn't have the right music. And then during the whole, well, album release of The Great War and also the tour, we got so many great ideas from yeah, friends and fans and whatever. So we thought, hmm, should we make another one? <laughs> <laughs> and that sort of, uh, yeah, we didn't know if we were, I mean, obviously at this time when we started writing music, we didn't know if we were going to, do a couple of songs or if it would be an album how long is this you know lockdown gonna last and in the end we found out that oh we have enough to make an album and extra songs on the side so we just kept writing and yeah that sort of made us never think about any pressure even though it was our 10th album as well yeah now for the people listening that haven't had a chance to hear the album yet what were some of the stories that was left over from the Great War that you wanted to tell on this album? Uh, the two ones that we really, really wanted to get already on the Great War but didn't have the right music for is going to be the story of the Harlem Hellfighters, which is represented by the song Hellfighters on this album. And then, well, one they most people have already heard, The Christmas Truce. Yep. That That's such an amazing story. And I know for myself, I studied... Um, what they call here in Australia war history during um, my time at high school, and I learnt about the Christmas truce. It's such a, a visual and amazing thing that happened. How difficult was it for you to sit down and write a song about that? Because it, it's something that was truly beautiful in the middle of a war. Well, it is really difficult. That's why we didn't get it on the Great War, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean... Uh, it's one of my favorite, what do you call it, wartime stories or mil- stories from military history uh, of all time. So uh, we wanted it to be a really good song, and, but we knew we couldn't handle it normally. You know, uh, it's not a Christmas song. I mean, it takes place in Christmas, yeah, but uh, it's not like we're competing with Mariah Mar- Carey. But on the other hand, we have <laughs> to include the fact the fact that it's Christmas is so central to the story because otherwise there wouldn't have been a truce at all. Yeah. So it was 
fine line to walk there and how do we tell this story in a, in a, you know in a good way that the story deserves uh, we felt pretty you know instantly that we couldn't do a double kick drum fast thing going on here yeah yeah the, that it turned out to be a yeah waltz uh, <laughs> wasn't something we figured out until later when the song was all already done almost you know yeah and the intro to christmas truce is so beautiful how long did it take for you as a band to, to work out that really beautiful intro oh uh i was actually sitting here where, I, where i'm sitting right now in the studio and playing around uh i usually start on oh well, it could start on guitar or, or piano uh for songwriting but in this case i don't know how i started i mean obviously we have uh, i think you have carol of the bells in australia as well, yes. right? yep and i sort of borrowed that uh what do you call it though that rhythm and played around until i found this and kept on going and uh I don't know. Uh, as soon as I had that, it felt like, hmm, there is something here. Maybe I should keep on going. So, yeah. It's yeah. just, uh, it's, it sounds like a boring answer, but in this case, it was no case of, you know, creative flash of inspiration. It was actually sitting down and playing around and trying again and again and again and again until you get it right. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> And of course, the other track that our listeners have already heard is Soldier of Heaven. That's a track that whenever I hear it, I feel like I'm listening to a soldier's diary entry. Was that something that really resonated with you when you wrote that song, that you wanted it to sound like a diary entry? Uh, Actually, that would be uh, Pat who wrote the lyrics to that, and I had nothing to do with the lyrics uh, whatsoever on that one. Normally, we write most of the lyrics together, but... um... It's usually me or me and a guitar player in the band who writes the music. And then me and Pat, we worked out the concept and the main stories. Sometimes we have suggestions so we already know what, not the lyrics for a song, but what a song is going to be about, for example. Yeah. But we don't have the lyrics yet. And uh, in the case of uh, Soldier of Heaven, I'm afraid it's going to be so such an unsexy answer. It's um, going to destroy a lot of people's... Uh, <laughs> fantasy your dreams of what what it could have been it was actually me and chris being tired of being fiddling around with the song hellfighters you probably heard the album yes yeah so we were working with the song hellfighters and that is pretty damn hard pretty heavy and a lot of technical stuff happening on guitars and stuff and we got tired of it we needed a break so we thought it shouldn't be this hard let's make something that cannot have any complicated guitars or anything complicated happening in it and we started writing um, what became the music to soldier of heaven and uh, uh, yeah, we were having a blast. I mean, we really enjoyed doing that. And Pat came by and said, "Oh, that's really catchy." We didn't even think that we were writing anything for the album. And Pat really liked it, so he thought, "Oh, can I? I think I have a story for this one. Can I? Can I take that one? Yeah, sure, grab it." So, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> from 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 mine and Chris's point of view, there was no grand master plan to that song. That was just a. Uh, a way to blow off steam, sort of. But that's how it is sometimes, you know? Yeah. One of the things that we have access to here in Australia is that every capital city has what they call a shrine, which is a memorial to all of the the wars that Australia's ever fought in. And one of the things that you can actually do there is go in and read the diaries of 
soldiers that have been donated to the to the shrines and when you read those diaries they're so fascinating is that something that you do when you're doing research for an album do you try to find things like soldiers diaries to sit down and read to get some of those stories and to get them from a a personal perspective yeah sometimes that's the most interesting way to tell a story is from a person's point of view. Sometimes we really do. Uh, there, it's a lot to go through. So, I mean, if we feel like we need another angle, we will try to find that. But it's not our first sort of first um, mode of research. That would be to get a big picture of what, what was happening and then try to zoom in. Yeah. For example, the song, um, this is way back though, but when we did the song Stalingrad, uh, I did an insane amount of research. I mean, I watched every movie, documentary, and read every book I could get my hands on. And I don't think I've ever <laughs> researched a story more. And I mean, it's a huge battle. But at the end, when I was, you know, several months later, ready to write the lyrics, uh, I felt like I had forgotten half of what I'd learned. But I still had too much. I didn't know where 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 I was going to start. Even. Yeah. Uh, I had the music, but I. I couldn't figure it out, but then I found uh, online, this is back in 2005, four. So, I mean, uh, Wikipedia wasn't such a big thing back then, uh, in 2004, but I managed to find somebody had translated a Russian soldier's diary, and that became the basis for the song Stalingrad. Definitely. What's some of the more interesting things that you've found in diaries over the years? Because I know for me, my, my entire family here every generation has fought in a war and one of the best things i ever read was my great 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 grandfather's diary that he wrote during the boer war um and just to read the fact that he went to war excited and thought it was an adventure and then realized what the hell it was when he was there was just something that that changed my opinion on the whole thing what's something that you've learnt and really stuck with you that you've that you've read from one of those diaries uh, well, along the same lines, actually, uh, what you took away from it, it's, um, in many cases, the further back you go in history, the more heroic it might seem, because, you know, obviously they didn't have TV or YouTube back then, so they hadn't really seen the horrors of war really firsthand, and what every soldier basically knew was what the government wanted them to know yeah. uh, back in those days. So, uh... It is in many cases uh, sort of uh, people going to war, realizing, because they read the state propaganda that the opposing soldiers would be eating children or be stupid or be retarded, whatever, you know, all yeah. kinds of falsehoods. But at some point during this conflict, they realized that, well, I actually have nothing against this guy on the other side of the trenches. Um, yeah. Well, if it wasn't for this, we might have been friends because it turns out maybe they met on the Christmas truce. They liked fishing, both of them, or jazz music, whatever it was, you know? Yeah, yeah. We had a beautiful, we have a beautiful song here in Australia, and I don't know if you've ever heard it. Um, it's by a band called Red Gum, and it's called um, I Was Only 19, and it's about the, the words of a young soldier taken from a diary who went to the Vietnam War and he said the war here in Australia was pitched as 
a place that you could go and drink beer with your mates and um, you'd meet women. That, that was basically the way the war was sold to them. And he said yep. then they got there and they were stepping through landmines and watching friends get blown up. And it's just so beautiful, that track. I don't know if you've ever, ever heard it, but it's such a, a beautiful... I've heard it. I don't remember much of it, but I know I've heard it. Yeah, uh... it, it's su- such a beautiful track. And so many of your lyrics uh, on this album reminds me of that personal nature of that song. Yeah, but that's the most interesting, in many cases, the most interesting point of view is from the individual soldier. I mean, sometimes you need to just zoom out, but that's yeah. always our first priority, to see things from the eyes of the soldier. Yeah. Uh, no matter which soldier, I mean, sometimes the the crazy fucked up was, ones makes the better stories. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Big conflict like World War One can be really boring if you zoom out too much and you look at it, you know, basically. So this Austrian guy gets shot, shot in Serbia so the British could go fight the Germans in France and the Australians could go to Turkey and die. That sounds fucked up, and it is. Yeah. But it also was like, why? And it's, it's not really anything there that grabs your interest. But on the other hand, if you start to tell stories from a human point of view, these individuals, I mean, especially when educating kids, if yep. you tell these fantastic two, three, four stories, and everybody's imagination will light up and they'll want to know more, and then they'll sort of want to expand their knowledge. So I think that would be the, the smarter way of teaching history as opposed to as it's done today, because we start out with a big picture and then, well, to, to a certain extent, we need that to be a functioning human being in our society. But we start out with the big picture, and then you only dig a little bit, but not much. But all the interesting stuff is really zoomed in. So I think it would be might have been better to start with a few stories and get everyone excited and, you know, wow, hooked on this stuff, and then sort of expand and zoom out and get the bigger picture later. Definitely. You mentioned before about being pulled off tour because of the pandemic and that gave you time to to work on these tracks. Did that change the way that you actually wrote the album? Because I don't know what the lockdowns ended up being like there, but the lockdowns here in Australia meant that we couldn't go to each other's homes and things like that. Did it change the way that you went about writing this album? No. Uh, actually, uh, two-part answer here. If it wasn't for the pandemic this album wouldn't have ex- existed at all. We'd still probably, yeah, we, we probably would, wouldn't be on tour still, but we would have been until late last year, I guess. Yeah. You know? So uh, I guess you could say the pandemic uh, gave Sabaton fans an extra album that wouldn't have happened otherwise. <laughs> and I don't think we would have made it about World War One, another one either. Um, now we have those stories we wanted to tell, but we couldn't incorporate. We had, well, the stories we came across during the tour and then you know also the fact that we haven't gone anywhere on the great war tour we haven't gone to australia japan south america a lot of places and like if we would have done a an album about the napoleonic era for example that would sort of make the great war songs feel sort of irrelevant in on our next tour yeah you know while if we're in, in the same conflict, they would make total sense to incorporate into the live show. Uh, so, uh, yeah, 
thanks to that, everything changed uh, with the album uh, and the topic that it came out at all. But the, the actual process of writing an album and recording it was, nah, nothing changed. Uh, we didn't have uh, hard lockdowns. Norway had one for a while where I'm at at the moment. Um, but I live only, you know, an hour and a half from the Swedish border. Yeah. I drive back to Sweden. And yeah, I had some... I had to get some tests done and some quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the actual process, I mean, it's no problem for me to go to get in a car and drive and sit down with Chris, our guitar player, and write some songs. And Sweden never had a really hard lockdown at all. I mean, even in the middle of it at all, uh, you could still go to the supermarket and not wear a mask, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's it looking like now for touring for you guys? As, as you said, you never really got a chance to tour for the Great War. The the tours that you've announced at the moment, do they look like going ahead? Yeah, so far all the indications we have, I mean, uh, uh, it turns out that uh, the latest developments with the Omicron variant is uh, not causing too many hospitalizations. And, you know, we have our Swedish tour coming up in April and May, and all indications we have is that it's, it's a go. Yeah. And uh, we have festivals booked in Europe. Unfortunately, we had to sort of move our European tour that was supposed to start on March the 4th, mainly due to, well, the trick is with dealing with a European tour is, I mean, maybe we do 25 concerts, but it's like over 20 or at least over 15 different countries. And every country has its own way of dealing with the pandemic. Is it going to be open? Isn't it? Can we enter the country? Can we get out of the country? <laughs> and if you if you go into that country, yes, you can, but only if you come from that country. But not if you come from that country. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, we, well, we've still got oh, yeah. the we, we've still got the weird situation here at the moment where we can't enter certain states. So yeah, it's really weird. But for your set list, how does that change now that you're basically touring for two albums? Uh, that would be different, uh, I guess, if we've uh, been to that city before, uh, or that area, I guess you say, before on the on the Great War Tour. I mean, if we would play, well, I'd say Frankfurt, we played there, then might we might add, uh, have one or two songs less from the Great War album, and maybe play one or two, well, what, let's say one older song, and then one... Uh, uh, I'd say one of the singles we released during this time, standalone singles maybe. Yep. While if we would go to Australia, uh, there would be some more from the from the Great War uh, album, and I guess also we'd dig up Cliffs of Gallipoli because that's something that's nice about being in Sabaton. Our set lists really change depending on where we're playing because you know our songs are very vastly different in popularity Definitely. Uh, depending on the on the country we're playing in so i mean while we we couldn't get away with not playing 40 to 1 in poland uh if we don't play it in australia it's not going to be a big disaster uh so uh, from that point of view it's kind of nice so our set lists uh change all the time even if we go on tour and only play sort of 20 songs a night or 19 or whatever we still have to rotate around 30 songs <laughs> well i don't know if you realize but 80 second all the way was the most requested song on our on our show last year here in australia oh. 
Yep, it was... I'm happy to hear, but I had no idea. Literally every week we will get at least oh, maybe 50, 60 people requesting that track. So, yeah, it is really, really popular down here. I'm happy to hear. That's good to know. <laughs> I, uh, we'll, we'll have to remember that when we... <laughs> Definitely. And, and I guess that's a... I guess that's a good way to close off the interview. Um, when everything opens back up, will you guys look to be coming to Australia t- sometime soon? And what would you like to say to all of your Australian fans out there before they get a chance to sit down and listen to this brand new album? Oh, well, first of all, thank you for the good times. Uh, always a pleasure to visit Australia. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do this as much as we, we'd like. And yeah, we haven't been... We haven't been much of anywhere lately, actually. But yeah. <laughs> uh, no, for sure, we we can't make any promises because this is uh, all due to local r- restrictions and regulations and what happens with the pandemic. But our intent, at least, uh, I can speak for, our intent is to prioritize uh, the countries we didn't get to visit when uh, uh, on the great great war tour and make sure we get them in as fast as possible everything from timing to yeah can change all of that but we are looking into australia at the moment i know for sure definitely well thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us tonight it's been an absolute honor having you on the show we can't wait to see you in we cannot wait to see you in australia and thank you for 20 years of amazing music (laughs) here's another 20 thank you (laughs)